Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Biz Talk Live show. I am your host, Shantae R. Roddy. We are so glad to be back. We're so glad to have you with us today. Sit back and relax. Enjoy the show. If you're coming into the live broadcast, we want you to say hi to us. Drop your, your comments. Hit the like button. Better yet, hit the love button. If you're joining us after the live show and you're coming back from the for the replay, comment hashtag replay. So every Thursday we come on and we have a new entrepreneur that is here to share their story with you, to share their journey uh, so that you are inspired and empowered to pursue your dreams and to succeed in your business venture. So that's why we are here. We're so excited to have our new guest. Her name is Rebecca Popovich. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, how are you? I'm good. She is the financial advocate for West Point Wealth Management. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You're so welcome. We're so excited to have you here and we're so excited to hear your story. So if you could start off for us, just give us a little bit of information about who you are, what you do and who you serve. Sure. So I love the intro, by the way. Thank you so much for that. Very excited to be here. So my name is Rebecca Popovich, as we already know. I am a financial advocate and financial coach with West Point Wealth Management, which is a small boutique financial firm that focuses primarily on holistic, full-service financial planning. So what I do there, my role in that business is my practice is called West Point Essentials, which is a very broken down and empowering approach to financial planning. So it's an innovative approach. It's not intimidating. It's very open-minded and collaborative. And what I really like to do for my clients is give them a financial plan that's truly theirs. So rather than just merely sitting on the other side of the table with someone and advising and using my expertise to say what well, I would like to do, I put the plan in my client's hands. So that, that comes in terms of education, empowerment, and most importantly, advocacy. So we don't grow up with a ton of financial literacy, right? I mean, I like to tell people all the time, I graduated high school knowing how to find the surface area of a parallelogram, but I did not know how to write a check, what a credit score was, or how my student loans were going to work. So I provide a very education-based approach. I'm also certified in the behavioral psychology of money. So I include a counseling and coaching approach as well to dig into the limiting beliefs that we might have around money and help those mindsets shift a little bit with my clients. I love that. And your Thank clients you. are mainly who are you? Who is your client base? Who who is your your customer? Sure. So I am all over the board right now because I'm just I'm so excited to help everyone that I can. But I would say someone that really I love and am very passionate about working with is young female entrepreneurs. So people male and female, too. I, I don't want to leave anything out. But someone who might be in the beginning phases of business, normally in years one to five, and just really needs an advocate there to help coach them through these things. And I think the most important part is, is delving into the psychology of it. So I really love to work with individuals who are self-actualized, who might feel like I'm very satisfied and successful in my life in this realm, in this realm, in this realm, but I just feel stuck. So those are the people that I really love to work with. Now, when you had mentioned um, taking a holistic approach, and um, I just really want to break it down and these terms down into the, the simplest terms because we know a lot of times people um, don't have a lot of they don't have that financial background. They didn't, like you said, they don't they didn't 
get the financial education. And so when you talk about a holistic approach, can you just tell us a little bit more about what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. And really good question. Thank you for asking. So when we talk about a holistic approach to financial planning, I love to use metaphors to communicate financial theories because they are so complicated. You know, there's a reason that we have to go to school for six years to do this. Yes. So when we're talking about a holistic approach to financial planning, I like to use the metaphor of the junk drawer because, as you know, everybody has that junk drawer, right? I have my junk drawer in my kitchen. I know that my left-handed pair of scissors are in the back left corner underneath the Walgreens receipts. So it's like chaos, but it's a little organized, right? So we oftentimes take that approach to our finances. So we've got you know, one financial piece of our lives here and here. And it's kind of scattered just like a junk drawer. So a holistic approach is taking a look at all of the pieces and working parts in your financial life and bringing them all into one place so that we can make better financial decisions going forward. Because if you are making a decision on something in that junk drawer, but you don't know where everything is at, it's very likely that you're not going to be making the right decisions to meet your financial goals. So that's really what we talk about when we're saying a holistic approach. It's a one-stop shop. You're communicating directly with me and my team, and we are here for everything financial. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> a very, very good explanation. Okay, so can you give us a little bit of background? So you've been doing this for how long? Have you always been working? Not always, but um, for a while in the financial industry, or did you were you doing something else and then just got excited about this? What What was your beginning journey like to like to lead you to this path sure so it's actually an interesting story and i love how you how you phrased your question at first with have you always been working yes <laughs> i have always been working i think as entrepreneurs and business owners we start work normally at a very young age yeah but i don't think that my johnny rockets disco dancing um opportunity at cedar point had anything to do with financials <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I have a very long work history, but while I was finishing out college, I was actually working for a nonprofit venture capital firm, which was my first experience in finance. And I think as entrepreneurs, before we go into business for ourselves and start our own practices, it's so important to have more opportunities. It's important to know what we do like, but I think it's more important to find out what we don't like. And the nonprofit sector and being an employee number that was not for me, I learned very quickly and I had an amazing experience there and got some really good insights as to how nonprofits work. But I just wanted to do something bigger. I wanted to have a bigger impact. And I knew that finance was for me after a ton of confusion in college. I switched my majors a couple of times because I just wanted to find out what my purpose and passion was. But yeah. um, after, after that internship, I went ahead and took the position with West Point Wealth Management. And that's where I started West Point Essentials, which is my personal practice, that innovative approach to financial planning. I love that. I love that. And so what have been some of the challenges that you have um, experienced along your entrepreneurial journey, like starting your own practice? That is so exciting, by the way, to practice and be able to impact lives because we're talking a lot about finances like recently because it's so important. Um, but in the journey, we all have challenges. So what have been maybe one or two that you experienced in your journey that you've been over able to overcome this far? Sure. So one, first of all, how much time do you have? I mean, if we're talking about challenges and overcoming things, I think we could take up six episodes, right? So I'd love to 
keep it short and concise and I the first thing that's coming to my mind is one of the first challenges that I faced when I started going into business for myself and that was I felt like something was missing and as an entrepreneur when you feel like something in your business is missing something in your purpose and passion is not there it's a horrible feeling to live with and normally it shakes us out of that comfort zone and makes us do something drastic so so for my first about year or so in my practice I was putting together these beautiful financial plans for clients and working very hard on them out, both outside of the meeting space and inside of the meetings with clients face to face and I would start scheduling my reviews with clients and I would see that you know it was a resounding pattern that people would come to the table and say oh you know Rebecca I actually just didn't follow through with this advice from you and I, I didn't do this and I, I don't really know why and so for me I love to call this point of my life a breakthrough but I think that's a little kind I would say is probably a breakdown because what is a breakdown really it's a breakdown so that we can grow a little bit taller in our lives so I broke down I took some time off from my practice and I said I have to figure this out what's missing because I did not go to school and put in all this time and build this practice up for myself to not affect people on the largest scale that I can so I actually went and enrolled in a school in San Francisco California and did a 16-week program to get certified in the behavioral portion of finance and I came back with my certification and was so excited and I it was not received well by people by people in the industry out of the industry everyone was saying you know feelings are over here money's over here they're not going to go together these have to be two separate things that you do if you're going to be a financial coach and a financial advocate they have to be separate so I said screw that <laughs> and I put them both together and that has really been where my business has taken off so talking about the feelings around money talking about the limiting beliefs and mindset shifts that we have and these generational patterns that we really need to work hard and break down that are conditioned normally at a very young age so those form, come in the form of unconscious beliefs and patterns and what is something that's unconscious it's not something that we're conscious of so I think that that was the missing piece to my practice and the challenge I had to overcome and just not listen to everyone else's opinions about what financial planning needs to be. Yes. Yes. I love that. Love that. I mean, there are so many great like points that you made in there and I'm glad that you were so transparent about saying that it was a breakdown that you had because many of us of entrepreneurs, um, a great majority of us have been in that place and knowing that is is not the end It's a place for you to then be be broken down to your core So that you can really discover like who you are what you're meant to do And like you said you want to be impactful and that's the opportunity for you to rise um, And not only that you didn't leave it there. You were like, okay, I'm gonna go all to I'm gonna go to California I'm gonna get this certification so that's a direction that you were led to do. Um, and I think that that's super fantastic because sometimes people put us in a box and sometimes we put ourselves in the box mm, wow. um, and, you know, say what this journey should be like based on what we see like in the media. And it's not really like that. Um, so to know that there's like, you experienced a challenge, you were able to overcome it, you found that there was a problem, you discovered a solution, um, and then not only that, you came back and people people were not on the same page. They weren't aligned with your vision. That they, mm -hmm. You did not let that stop you. 
So I just want to just talk a little bit more about that because I think it's so important. I think I made a reference yesterday about, you know, people, you will have a vision or you'll have an idea and people say it's crazy. You can't do it though. You know, go back to doing something else. And a lot of times that really stops people from pursuing their dreams and what they're actually supposed to be doing. So how important is it for you from your perspective to really stay focused on your vision and to silence the, the outside noise, really? Yeah, I love that question. These are so insightful. So I, I cannot think of anything that's more important to stay true to your vision, your why, and be your authentic self. And I, I tell my clients all the time that I coach these small business owners, I'm like, okay, how many people have told you that this is not a good idea? How many people have told you that your vision won't work? Tally those up. Those are points in your favor. Entrepreneurs are not people who come in and repeat ideas that are already done. We have new ideas. We're innovative. And it's so important to really stay true to that. And I can't I can't imagine anything else that's more important. I always tell my clients, you know, if people are telling, you no, that's a good sign. If everyone's saying, oh, that's a phenomenal idea. Go get it. There might be something that you need to tweak. There might be some more time that needs to be spent because new ideas are not often perceived well. You know, we it's our human nature to just if it's unknown, it's scary to us. So that's so true. So if if you would if there is there anything that you would go back and do differently if you had an opportunity or or no? You know what? To be honest, my inner critic, I like to call it, you know, that that inner goblin in your head, that voice that nags you all the time is really coming up to the forefront of my mind right now and saying, Rebecca, what about this? Or what about that time that you fell when you were doing a presentation or or this or that? But to be honest, I think that as entrepreneurs, we have to be comfortable with failure. And this is not to say we need to understand that there is a risk of failure no we need to understand that failure is going to happen it is an integral part of business ownership and so i would say no i would not change anything i think it's so important to get comfortable being uncomfortable and the faster that you can do that the more that you can fail those those times in your life are just a very short segment of time in the grand scheme of things and in your business as well so take those take the wisdom that it's here to teach you and run with it and keep going. Get back up and keep going. I like that. Comfortable with failure. Just understanding that's part of the process. Um, mm-hmm. It's a step in the process because we're innovators, we're trailblazers, we're the creative people, we're the ones that are making the impact on the world. So these are all new things that we're trying. So there's trial and error. It's the testing, it's really a testing process. So I think a lot of people get hung up on the word failure and the thoughts behind failure that is some bad thing, but it's the testing of your, your idea, your, um, your, you know, initiative, your product, whatever it is that you're doing um, to understand that that's part of the process is something that you, what you say you learn from, you gain insight, more knowledge and wisdom from so that you can, see that thing to fruition right and so and there's success at every level would you say so how would you say that um what do you feel about acknowledging success in your own life and in your journey 
Do you appreciate the the milestones? Do you think that that's important to every step, every milestone that you have that you're taking that time to celebrate it? Yeah. So at at West Point Wealth Management and West Point Essentials, our biggest business value is transparency and authenticity. And so to be very transparent with you, I believe that that's a path that I'm still on. I think as entrepreneurs, we are excellent at discovering issues, finding places that there are gaps and filling them. And that that happens when we go home at night. That happens with our internal dialogue. So we are excellent self-critics. Anytime that we make a mistake, we're going to catch it. We're not so great at actually showing up and celebrating ourselves because we're so quick to say, okay, well, I did that. I mastered it. On to the next. But when we do that, we're actually robbing ourselves of a really valuable opportunity to not just compare our beginning to someone else's middle or end, which don't you dare ever do that in business. I would say that's the biggest thing you could leave with today. But it allows us to not compare and compete that way because that's that's where comparison becomes a thief of joy for you. I would say it's much more important to compare where you are today to where you were six months ago or six weeks ago or six hours ago. So yeah, I think it's something I'm still working on and I have a life coach who's phenomenal. Her name is Angie Og, and she gets on me about it. She's like, Rebecca, let's talk about where you were six months ago. Let's not compare your beginning to someone else's end. So yeah, yeah I would say it's, it's so that. important and work in progress. I love that. Don't compare your beginning to someone else's end. And I say that a lot because especially within the age of social media, it's so easy when you're to compare yourself with others, when you're watching others and you think everybody's succeeding, but everybody has their own struggles. Everyone is in a different place in life. Everyone has their own individual journey. So your comparison is, isn't even equal. No. <laughs> Uh, so I, you know, your comparison, so you, it's not going to be fair to you or fair to anyone that you're comparing yourself to. And I think like, like you said, be true to yourself, the path that you're on your journey, compare the, where you have been between where you were and where you are now and where you want to go. And I think, um, you know, you'll be in a much bit, much better place doing that. Um, and you won't get so discouraged because it's easy sometimes to get discouraged on this path when you're again, looking at other people and not really staying focused on what you're doing, what you're, you're meant, uh, to do and what you're, um, here to accomplish. So, yeah, absolutely. And I, I also think, you know, I'm very wary and I'm very strict with myself on social media. I'm very strict on screen time for that exact reason, because it is so easy to get sucked into that comparison mindset and, your joy will diminish monumentally when you start comparing and, and competing. And it's, it's so important to empower other business owners around us, even if they're in a competitive field, to yes. just say, yeah, you're doing that, and that's a perfect fit for one client, and I'll be the perfect fit for the next client. There's plenty of people out there. But the last thing I'll say on this point is comparison, it's just it's not good on social media. But what you're seeing is someone else, what they're willing to show you. So that is not a true reflection of where they're at. I think oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we hold on to our pride. So what we, what we put out on social media is perfection. So we see it. We're not sharing our failures. I share my failures on social media because I, I would like to be a part of the solution and not the problem. But you're, you're comparing yourself to something that's Photoshop, something that a branding strategist put together, something that was worked on and cultivated for hours. So you cannot 
you can't compare yourself with something like that. That's just what someone else is choosing to show you. And so that's why I created the podcast that I'm so excited to be having you on as well. It's called Passion Pit, and it's for that exact reason. It is the anti to social media. We talk about the good, bad, and the inevitably ugly of entrepreneurship, and that serves as a place to be authentic and real. And I think if we take that out of that platform and start imposing that on social media as well, the world will be such a better place. And I love that. That's what I'm all about. I think uh, the more we show up as our authentic selves and be transparent, that's why I do this show. It's all about the story, like your real story. Um, yeah. Not filtered down, watered down, uh, you know, mask that people tend to put on. So I love that because this is really what it's like. And you don't want someone to get into it thinking, you know, having unrealistic expectations, but to know this is part of the process. But no matter where it is, where you are, no matter what you've been through, you can you can too succeed. Um, so that's very good. So what would you say has been your one of your greatest inspirations to keep you going um, day in and day out? Yeah, I love that. That's you have such insightful questions. So a couple things are coming to mind. Um, number one is learning to manage my emotions and lean into them rather than resist them or dissociate from them. So if I'm having a bad day, you got to roll up your sleeves, put up a ponytail and get to work and be in that emotion. When you fail and you feel embarrassed and you feel scared, what's the first thing that you do when you fall on the sidewalk in front of someone? You're like, okay, who saw me? What happened? I have to recover quickly. I was just walking and then I decided to do a somersault. You try to recover and it's, all of these things have inner wisdom to teach us in our life. So if we try to recover too quickly and we don't feel those emotions and we push them aside, that's like shaking up a can of Coke. It is going to explode and it's going to explode in the worst time. We all know that. I think before we went on air, we were talking about software updates on the laptop happens at the worst time. Like that's life. So I think it's number one, it's really important to lean into your emotions when you do fail and you do feel bad. Um, number two, get friends and confidence and confident witnesses around you that are doing the same thing as you. So the I love Brene Brown. She's an excellent thought leader in our field and in the field of psychology as a whole. But she talks about being in the trenches. You have to find other people to be in those trenches with you that are there experiencing it. So reaching out to other entrepreneurs and having talks just like this, where you're sharing the failures and you're saying, oh my gosh, my problems aren't unique to me. You fail too. Like, let's talk about it. And I think, you know, the third thing that I'll say on that question is having a really good mentor. So I have an excellent mentor. His name is Kurt Lindsay. He's been in the industry for years and years. And anytime that I'm at my lowest point, anytime that I'm like, you know what? I just keep failing. When is this going to end? I can grab him, take him into the conference room and just be like, Kurt, I have to just tell you everything that's going on. I'm failing. I'm doing this and that. And it's so important to have someone who can serve as a compassionate witness for you and say, I've been there. This is going to get better. And most importantly, remind you of your talent and your purpose to change the world because you're not always going to remind yourself. You need someone there that's like, Shantae, you're Shantae. Like, you got this, girl. <laughs> yeah. So. And we need that. Because I was going to ask you that when you mentioned that you had a coach um, and how important it is for us as entrepreneurs and business owners to have mentors and have coaches mm -hmm. um, in our lives. and. And maybe you can speak on that um, a, a little bit and also how you were able, were able to, to 
because I know a lot of people are finding the right mentors. So finding, you cut out there just for a second, finding the right resources or mentors? The right mentors. Okay, yeah. So I'll just answer the first part of your question first is I cannot emphasize how important it is to have a coach in your life. So there are business coaches, there are financial coaches, there are life coaches. Having someone who is trained to talk you off that ledge, who is trained to lead you, and most importantly, who is trained to keep you accountable and understand your worth and hold your trust when you're not in the mode of trusting yourself so much, because we all have highs and lows. And the first time that I met with my life coach, I had been trying to, I'm a certified life coach as well, so I had been trying to life coach myself, and I was just hitting a wall over and over again. And this was as recent as about eight or nine months ago, to be very transparent and authentic with you. And I said, I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. We were in our um, first session, our breakthrough session. And I'm like, I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm a coach. How can I coach others if I can't coach myself? And she just very calmly and simply said, Rebecca, that's so silly. You can't see your own blind spots. And that just opened up a whole new world to me. I'm like, of course, I can't see my own blind spots. I can assign myself coaching worksheets, but I don't. If I can't see the problem, I'm going to crash inevitably at some point. So no matter how high a level of expertise you are. If you are a certified coach in any realm, it's so important to have that person to have a neutral third party and listen to you be raw and transparent and authentic and to share the innermost workings of your thoughts. Because oftentimes, even when we're being transparent, that's only the first couple layers of our psyche. Yes, so, yes. so that's to answer the first part of the question. And then the second part of your question is about finding the right mentor. So I would say, when I was in college, I was a sponge for information. I wanted to join every club that you could in finance. I wanted to serve on every board. I wanted to do every extracurricular that I could in my career or in my collegiate career. And I find I found that I found a lot of really good mentors in that because I was showing up and I was being transparent and vulnerable and saying, I don't know everything. And I think that's the best place to start when you're seeking a mentor out is say, to say, I need help. And as entrepreneurs, it's really hard for us to say, I really need help right now. This is a weight that I can't carry. This is a burden that's too heavy and I need help. And your mentors will come out almost out of thin air for you. Everyone is going to come out and show up for you. And I would say, let your intuition guide you. If you, you know, you meet someone, you're like, oh, their vibe was just off. That energy was just off a little bit. I think listening to that is really important so when you meet a mentor who you're like wow this person is inspiring they're amazing they share values with me and most importantly they see my potential even when i don't see my potential and i think that's the most important thing to find a mentor and they're out there but if you don't put yourself out there and if you're staying safe in your house or you leave school the second that it gets out and you close your books and leave class and don't talk to your professors and don't ask questions you're never going to find them because you're not truly looking that's good. So audience, that is, um, you know, you it's so important that we have those mentors and coaches in our lives, people that can really help us to um, get outside of ourselves and get unstuck and overcome barriers. Because I like what you said about having those blind spots. And we are our worst critics. I know I am. Um, and oftentimes we can't see we're experts. We're showing other people. We're coaching other people and what we're experts at and we're mm -hmm. able to come in with insight, right? That they don't have. So we need the same for ourselves. And I tell people that all the time, 
But the, mm-hmm. I like how you put, how you mentioned about um, you know that we have those blind spots, and that is so so true. Things that we don't see that in talking to someone else, it can help us see it more more clearly. So we get that clarity in our lives, and and we're able to overcome whatever challenges or barriers that are there. Um, and yeah. one of the biggest barriers that many people have, and I don't think until really recently, we really started focusing on mindset and what you mentioned earlier on is limiting beliefs, which is so important. They're like, oh, you know, and you talk about motivation. People are like, oh, that's motivation. You know, mm-hmm. that's not really big. But it is, I think, the number one thing that hinders us in our life and in our business. So from your perspective, how important do you think it is for entrepreneurs to really focus on their mindset and making the necessary mindset shifts to take them to the next level in their business? Sure. So I love that every question I'm just a 10 out of 10 on. (laughs) You're just asking very good questions and they're all very important. So I think as an entrepreneur, you know, the first thing that happens when you're going into business for yourself, one of the first thing that happens is all your friends start to question you. Number one, your family starts to question you. They're like, Shantae, I see the bags under your eyes, girl. Like you are so tired. This is not me saying this to you. You look beautiful. But when you're not sleeping and you're in your passion and you just can't stop working, you're up all night, you know, people start to notice and they start to naturally get worried about you. And I think investing in your personal development and your mindset is the most important thing because oftentimes we're so worried about the client experience. We're so worried about how we're showing up and what inevitably happens. And one of the first things that happens in entrepreneurship is you tend to blur your personal life with your work life. Like this becomes your true life's work. You you know, you're always on the clock. You're always working. You're always networking. I was just at Walgreens last night and I was handing out my business card and I'm like, am I prospecting at 931 buying like face wash and like a nice little, you know, thing of bubbles for my bath? Like, what am I doing? So that's the first thing that happens is those two converge. And that, that point of convergence is when your work, is always there to be done. And your work on yourself is just as important and exactly the same as your work on your business. Because if you're not showing up, if you're not confident and you can't confidently state your value because something is blocking you, there's a mindset that you have, you could have a, for for instance, in financials, you could have a lack mindset. You know, my father got fired after about 26 years at a very important company and my mother was a stay-at-home mom and we lost everything overnight. And so, Experiencing that lack, that financial lack, really put me in a place in my adult life where I was very scared to make big business moves. I was scared to go into business for myself because I I had seen something happen firsthand that that really shook us as a family unit. And so we have to heal that. We have to heal the past stuff. We have to identify where we're blocked in our mindset, which takes a certain amount of self-actualization that takes a lot of work. We have to roll up our sleeves and start doing the work on ourselves. And that work is not just let me just go see my life coach in my spare time on a Friday night and talk to her for an hour. That work doesn't stop at that during that meeting. You've really got to show up. And I can tell you personally, personal development is a huge thing for me and a huge thing that I coach on. And it's, it's, I can't explain how important it is to do that work because if we're not fully showing up in our business and for our clients, they're going to notice and we're going to notice more importantly. Absolutely. They will notice. (laughs) 
<laughs> so that I, I, I am in total agreement that um, we do have to work on personal development. And I love that the story, the real story of what your father went through and, and as a result, what your family went through, because that has happened to so many people. So whether it's a, a fi financial situation like that or some other type of um, situation that we went through that was traumatic for us. And so a lot of us have, haven't dealt with that and don't realize that a lot of the things that we, we either are doing or aren't doing um, that's negatively impacting us or holding us back from really functioning at the highest level that we can mm -hmm. are on a subconscious level that and things that we have not dealt with that we have not healed from. Um, and I always say, um, you know, not just entrepreneurs, but professionals. Um, and I remember I went through this when I left my company. I know a friend, her sister went through a big like depression after she was laid off. Um, and just understanding that you have to grieve the loss, mm -hmm. understanding that it's a loss and you have to take that time being, like you said, being your emotions. So a lot of times we want to run away from it and not deal with it. But yeah. whatever you're doing in your personal life is going to run over into your business life. And so you want to be functioning for your clients at the highest level, because if you're not, they're going to notice and it's going to impact your performance. So um, very good information. Yeah, I always I always like to tell my clients too, my business owner clients is you cannot build an empire. on. So you've got to start with the foundation with reaping what you sow, with understanding your emotions and leaning into them, and then you can build on that because a house is not going to be very stable on a cracked foundation. So that is that is just as important as your work on your business, and I would argue the same thing. I like that. You can't build an empire on a cracked foundation. You surely cannot. You surely cannot. So how would you define success for yourself? Ooh. Your questions are so on point. I love these. So I think it's really important as business owners that we make our own definition of success because oftentimes we're operating off of someone's manual who we don't even know, who is probably already passed on, and who defined it in a time that was much different than the times we're living in and in the body and soul that's much different than where we are residing. So I would define success as getting into that flow state. Anytime that the the clock just like ticks by and time melts away from me. And I get into that. I'm not sure how much you know about the neurology. I'm kind of like a neuro nerd in terms of podcasts in my spare time and my reading of books and things. But when you get into that flow state and time melts away, I think that is my biggest inclination of success is I'm centered with my purpose and with my passion. Because when you're doing something that you love, there's no way you're not going to be successful in it. And so doing something that you don't exactly love and having you're going to be motivated by different things than doing something that you really, truly are passionate about. And that's really how I would define success is is being in that flow state and being centered with your purpose and your vision and your passion and knowing exactly how you want to show up and change the world rather than doing something that you don't exactly love. Then you're like, eh, you're not really going to show up as well. And your why is all wrong. Yes. And what would you, for yourself, what would you say are like the, what has been your greatest success? Like one or two things that in your entrepreneurship career has just to you been your hugest accomplishment? 
Sure. So when I think of really big accomplishments and success, I don't know that I think of it in the traditional sense. So what's coming intuitively to me when I when I picture this, and I know that this is my monkey mind talking and not my rational mind is like, you know, cheering on a stage or getting an award. To me, none of that is my biggest accomplishment. I think my biggest accomplishment is when a client comes to me and says, you have been impactful in my life. When a client comes to me and says, I feel like I understand everything we talked about today. Or someone just, one of my clients will show me education that they didn't know before. Let's say, you know, we'll, we'll sit for one meeting and then they'll come in for the next meeting. And they'll be like, oh yeah, I already know about that. And I'm like, so that's my biggest success is knowing that I'm being impactful to someone and that I'm educating them and their results, you know, reflected back to me is my biggest success. Not so much in terms of compliments or you're the greatest coach or like, I love this, <laughs> but just showcasing the education that they're getting and the changes that it's making on their life or in their lives. Now, how do you think, I'm glad that you, you said, talked about impact a lot because I do that. Um, because I think it's so important. How do you think we as entrepreneurs can be more impactful um, in our business that we can really show up and have an impact on our clients and the world for that matter? Sure. So I would really say this comes full circle back to self-actualization. So being aware of your emotions and leaning into them makes you a more empathetic person makes you more sensitive to things that are going on around the world because you're more conscious and you're more in tune. And that ultimately helps you to really connect with your purpose and your why, because we could start a charity, we could donate a ton of money, all of those things. But if it's not something that we really fully care about, we're not going to show up fully 100% in our business. And so when we're looking to create an empire and impact people on a greater scale, having that why and that vision, and most importantly, your mission. What do you want to change in the world? What's something that you look at in the world right now that you're like, I just can't even believe that this exists. Start there. Start with something that you really care about because you're going to fully show up. I love that. But we, Because we need to fully show up, ladies and gentlemen. So um, very good information. What would you offer to our entrepreneurs for tips on, what you think um, they can do to set themselves up for success in their business. Sure. So the, the first thing that's coming to mind to me is aligning yourself with people who are like-minded. So this past year, personally for me, has been integral in my business and aligning myself with other entrepreneurs who are in the trenches with me. Like we said before, you know, get, get down in the trenches. You're going to meet some really lovely faces. You guys are both getting beat down right now at the same time. So having, reframing your network. So when you graduate college, your network is people you went to school with that you might get along with, you might keep in touch with, you have some high school friends over here, you've got all these different groups. But realigning your network with people who are doing the same thing as you, with people who believe in the same things that you do, and most importantly, believe in the work you're doing, that's life-changing. Because your mindset will shift on that alone. Because I think it's, I'm not sure who says it, but the quote goes a little something like, you know, who you hang out with is who you become, who you surround yourself with. My apologies. And I would say surround yourself with people who you would like to be, who you look up to, who you aspire to be in your life. And I would say the next one is just be a sponge for learning. So when I'm not working, I'm listening to podcasts. Anytime that I'm commuting back and forth to work, I'm listening to some sort of podcast on my way to client meetings, you name it something that is personal development driven or business ownership driven and 
then I'm when I get to bed, my night routine is I turn off all my screens. I don't go on social media and I get on my phone, on my Kindle and just read. So being a sponge for learning and being open enough to receive different lessons and look at things in a different point of view than you might be used to doing, you're going to more fully show up. You're going to be much more successful because you are educating yourself. You know, oftentimes we get out of school and we're done with education at that point. You've got to be a life, a lifetime learner. Yes. Look, I, I say that all the time. I am a life learner. I don't know when when you stop learning. <laughs> um, so well, when we chatted, we we'd had a networking chat about a month ago, and I was just like, oh, I've got to be friends with this girl. We've got to meet. We have to collaborate, and that's that's the beginning of something beautiful because we, yeah. you and I might be in some similar industries for one and instead of coming to the table and being threatened and competing and comparing we're collaborating and we're we're giving each other a platform to stand on and share the message and i think that we had even discussed this in our zoom call we were talking about you know my my perfect client might not be your perfect client very well will not be and so we don't have to compete we don't have to compare we can just join forces and be more powerful and attract more people Yes, that's what I was going to ask you. That was my going to be my next question to ask you about how important do you think it is to collaborate? Because that's been my big push. I think the last two years or so is really convincing entrepreneurs that they need to start collaborating like yesterday. Right. If they're not already yeah. doing it and building those connections. So, um, you know, if you want to just add a little bit more to it on what you think the importance is or maybe the benefits of collaboration for the audience, I think that would be very helpful for them. Yeah. So so what's intuitively coming to me right now and what I'm picturing is a big boulder, right? So we have this huge boulder that just showed up in front of our house. I always speak in, <laughs> in metaphors. That's just the coach in me. We've got this huge boulder and we want to move it. We can move it. We could try to move it alone and we might get it an inch across the driveway. We might make a little bit of progress and we might be the most powerful entrepreneur in the world. We could be the Tony Robbins of you know, life coaching. We're still not going to move the dang boulder. So we need other people there with us to help us. And so collaboration, it only ups your skill set. It allows you to level up psychologically and in your mindset and the way that you're showing up. Most importantly, your perception of the world is just through these peripherals, like through this tunnel vision, oftentimes, especially entrepreneurs. I mean, talk about tunnel vision that we get. It's it's a little it's a little much. And so when you're only operating on how you want to change the world and you're very, very slight and sliver of a view on things, you're not fully seeing the the length of the problem, the length of the impact that you want to make. And, you know, you can't make judgments and and decisions off of that so it's, it's so important to widen your lens and be ready to receive from other people and get that boulder moved i mean what are you going to do it with one of you and exhaust yourself and burn out or six to seven of you you know i love that metaphor you're really good at that um at, at using those metaphors and i think that's it makes it so clear for people where they really understand, they like get it, right? And so it's not yeah. confusing. Uh, so the point is, um, ladies and gentlemen, is that we have to um, be intentional about collaborating with each other. It's collaboration over competition. 
Um, mm -hmm. So you could be in the same industry, a different industry, a complementary industry. We want to work together. So we're leading like that movement of collaboration. And I so um, appreciate that. Um, one of the questions I did want to ask you, like from a financial perspective, since you're bringing that at level of expertise, as entrepreneurs, we're here for service. We want to make an impact, but we also want to build wealth and we want to create a legacy for our families for generations to come. What tips would you offer for entrepreneurs for them to be able to achieve their financial goals so that they can build wealth and that they can be in a position to leave a legacy? Sure. So I think that answering these questions is so important to not, you know, pull up my chair and answer as a financial professional and a financial advocate. I think I'd like to really take this question on as a human being and really be authentic and transparent and show up for you guys today because that's what we're here to do. Right. So I think this really coincides with the last question that you asked about, you know, collaborating. And I think it's so important to build a strategic team. So seeking the advice of a financial advisor or professional, someone who you really connect with and who shares your business values. And, and personally, I would say someone else who is in business for themselves that understands your struggles and understands your financial goals. And working with someone who is more holistic in nature that is a financial professional and has the education and background is so important to come to the table and get a fresh set of eyes on your finances and a fresh set of eyes on your financial goals and plan. And within that, it's almost like the, we serve as an accountability partner because you can't ever reach a goal that you have not identified. So the number one most important thing in, in reaching financial goals is identifying those goals, quantifying those goals and getting specific. And I know that getting specific can be really scary when you're trying to set a financial goal, but that's the only way that you're going to be able to leave a legacy and identifying that and not only just identifying the goal, but identifying where you are now. So that is running your numbers, gauging your metrics, getting the data on it, and talking to a professional who can sit down and clear that junk drawer out with you. You know, serving as a holistic financial advocate, I'm in the trenches right by your side. We are going through the documents. We are getting you prepared, and I'm going to keep you accountable. I'm going to keep you accountable on those goals and say, okay, Shantae, I know we met six months ago. Where are we at now? And and getting the, the professional background to really help you quantify those goals and reach them. I love that. So you can accomplish goals that you haven't identified. I put actually put that up on the screen because that is so true and that's really good to keep in mind. So I thank you so much for being on the show. I have one last question for you sure. uh, that I ask all of my guests. And it is, if you had a magic stick and you could change anything in the world, what would it be? Ooh, this is a good one. I had a magic stick and I could change anything in the world, what would it be? Let me think. I think that I would make the world a more vulnerable place. I think that I would make people be I would wave the magic wand or stick, so you say, and have that fear go away from people, that fear of failure, that fear of being not enough, and the ability to show up and be vulnerable and say, you know what, I'm very likely going to fail, but I'm going to do it anyways. And I think that would strip away all of the lack of authenticity we have, all of the masks that we wear. I love the metaphor that you used of wearing masks. I, it would allow everyone to take off their mask and just get real because we're, you know, 
it's so funny to me. It's like you go to Dairy Queen for an ice cream cone, right? And you ask the cashier, how are you? Are you really listening to how they are? Do you really want to know how they are? If their cat yeah. died yesterday, do you want to hear about it? And so I, that's what I would do if I would change the world in one small, I mean, monumental way is to just strip back that, those masks, take off the mask and get real. If you're going to ask the cashier at the gas station or a Dairy Queen that's serving you your ice cream, how she is, be ready to hear her story. Yeah. And God bless her for actually sharing with you. I love that. Yes. I mean, we're on the same page there. I think that that, I th and I think that would help us build actually more connections from a human perspective too. Yeah. Um, that we're not just saying things or just asking just to ask, but that we really care. Um, and that's really what people want is to know that other people care, uh, to know that they're seen and that they're heard. Um, yeah. And so, so many times people feel like they aren't. And so they're afraid. So yeah allowing a space of vulnerability so that we're not free to be the wonderful people that we are is like super huge. So yeah, uh, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for being again on the show with Becca. Can you share with our audience again, what you do and where people can find you? Sure. So I am a financial advocate and coach with West Point Wealth Management. My practice is personally called West Point Essentials, which is financial planning simplified. And you can find our website, www.westpointessentials.com. You can find me on social media. I'm really transparent. It's nothing fun or um, catchy. It's just Rebecca Popovich. Hopefully that's a catchy enough name for you. <laughs> And we've got five offices here in Northeast Ohio. So if you head over to our website, you can see where all the closest office to you is and we'll meet you where you are. And I really work with people to shift their mindsets around money and understand their true potential. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. Thank you audience for tuning in to our broadcast. You have been tuning in to the Biz Talk live show. Again, I am your host, Shante Arati. We broadcast here live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. If you would like to be a guest on our show, we would love to have you. We would love you to be on to share your story. We do have openings for the month of August uh, 2019. Feel free to visit our website at www.intuitiveriskmanagement.com to apply. We also have openings for sponsors. So if you're an entrepreneur business owner and you support other entrepreneurs and business owners, please uh, take a look at our sponsorship opportunities. It's opportunity for you to gain exposure um, and visibility for your business. Again, we are so happy that you joined us. We look forward to uh, talking with our next guest next next week. Until then, you guys continue to do your best and pursue your dreams. Have a great day. Thank you.